In today's reading from the Old Testament, it is the Old Testament lection uh, for the season of Advent. What we are observing is a conversation between Isaiah and Yahweh. Listen for the word of the Lord. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down so that the mountains would quake at your presence as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil to make your name known then to your adversaries so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down. The mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no one No ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in their ways, but you were angry and we sinned. Because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, they take us away. There is no one who calls your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from all of us and have delivered us into the hand of our iniquity. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand, so do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. But now consider this. We are all your people. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today's Old Testament reading is a strange one for the start of this festive season. It's a conversation that happened some 500 years before the birth of Jesus. But if I read it again, you might have thought that Isaiah was talking to us today in 2020 because he talks about a slow return from exile and he talks about a rebuilding project that's underway too. To people in power to the kings and the presidents, to corporations of the massive economic apparatus of his day, and to the people who dwelled in the land, Isaiah issues to them a very common message, and that is this, holiness. It comes from God alone. Messiah is coming at any moment. God's mercy and judgment are near And any time God's people place hope in the kingdoms of this world, it creates a recipe for destruction. Those are the messages of Isaiah to the people, then and now. All of that happened 500 years before the time of Jesus. Maybe that's why it's batting leadoff for this season of Advent. Somehow, Isaiah during this process of returning and rebuilding. That's the theme of Isaiah. We're going to spend several weeks listening to Isaiah, reading Isaiah. But that's a pretty common theme, return and rebuild, return and rebuild. 
somehow Isaiah is able to hold together kings and sages and politicians and influential families and impoverished families and people who have been dealing with the trauma for generation after generation from being in captivity to another, a whole other empire. They've seen their loved ones die during this time that they were exiled and shut out from their houses of worship and from their homes and from their own zip codes. There's a collective anxiety, a collective grief. Isaiah is able to pull at all of those threads. He's even able to answer for the people. You see, they have not only have they forgotten how to worship, they've been away from it so long, they've forgotten why worship. And so over and over again, for 66 chapters, Isaiah pounds a recurring theme. Emmanuel is coming. God is with us. God will come down and right all of this wrong, clean all of the stains, heal all of the wounds, and unlock all of the chains. Yahweh will tear open heaven and come down to earth and make all things new. If ever we have needed that message at Advent, it is now. Amen. God, would you tear open, would you tear open heaven and come down and make all of this go away? Make all things new. Isaiah was speaking of the first advent, and then there was the coming of Christ. And now we're living in this second advent, if you will, preparing for the second coming of Christ when things will be fully made new and will be redeemed. That's the reality for which we have prepared this sanctuary, for which we are preparing our homes, for which we need to prepare the community. You know, Advent is confounding to many Christians because we want to talk about um, the light tours that are in sync with the FM radio station and jingle bells and hot cider. But as those pesky minor key tunes don't give way to major keys quickly enough, we get anxious. So this season, we will spend some time with Isaiah. There won't be a lot of the, the gospel readings, not until Christmas Eve. So we'll have to wait for the shepherds. We'll have to wait for the star on the horizon. We did find the manger amid all the renovations. We found a few things. We're not spending time in Isaiah because we can't find baby Jesus. I, I have, been, I have uh, been assured by Drew that we have found baby Jesus amid all the renovations and the boxing up. Jesus will make an appearance. He will turn up. He always does, I promise. So we're going to spend time with Isaiah in Isaiah's Advent because this is an Advent. These are readings that are born from the soil of human struggle and from damaged dreams. And in a few weeks, we're, we'll spend more time at the manger but that manger, like the Advent season and like the Advent narrative, is far from sanitized. Advent is messy. Time ticks differently in Advent than it does with a little drummer boy playing a particular rhythm. 
God's people during the season of Isaiah, they had seen the world crash around them. Not only had they been distanced from their community of faith, their whole sanctuary, the whole temple, gone. They knew death, they knew oppression, they knew chains, they knew captivity. Advent is supposed to give us hope that it's okay to feel a little bit disoriented right now. That's what Advent does. Let me say that again. Advent gives us hope and reminds us that it's okay not to be okay. Advent gives us permission to say that we do not have to lament like we do in Lent. It's fine if we don't feel victorious like we do on Easter morning or full of the Holy Spirit like we will on Pentecost because Advent, as out of sync as it is, actually puts us in sync with Advent. Now, that's a strange thing to say, but that's how it works because tis the season to sit with the message that the world is not as it's supposed to be The world is not as it was created to be. 2020 is not how life is supposed to be. Amen? (laughs) But there's coming a day. There's coming a magnificent song from the lips of Jesus' mother, Mary, to tell us about it. There's coming a Savior who will set the world back up on its axis and spin it again. There's coming a day when the church will no longer be able to hold it in, but will exclaim with honesty, even so, Lord, quickly come now. Tear open the heavens and come down and make this mess right again. Fix it for us, Lord. You see, in Isaiah, there's a a remnant. There's a small band of believers. There's a small group of God's people who are courageous enough to gather together and to pray an honest prayer and and to evoke a prayer that had been prayed and a memory that had been prayed way back in, in Exodus. That's what they're saying. Lord, you did it once. Do it again. You saved us once. Save us again. You brought us out of a great ordeal. Do it again. Advent has us step into that stream, into that narrative to say, you've done it once, Lord. You've done it on many occasions. Do it again. Come down here and rescue us. I want to ask you a question. Do you have enough left in the 2020 tank to pray that prayer? Come down, Lord, and right this world. I hope so, because that's the type of prayer that God's people have always prayed in moments like these. And when we pray that prayer, tear open heaven, Lord, and come down here. When we pray that prayer, the next step is we wait. And we hope. Not passively. Waiting and hoping are not passive action. They are roll up your sleeves and get involved in this process of returning and rebuilding. Returning and rebuilding. Isaiah's advent has an honesty about it. And it speaks to the community, not to individuals. It speaks to the community. Isaiah says that we, the community, God's people, we 
are like clay, and God is the potter that's shaping us. In other words, God is not giving up on us yet. As much as we might want to give up on God, as much as we might want to give up on each other, as much as we might even give up on ourselves, the good news of Advent is God does not give up on any of us. He just keeps slowly and methodically and patiently and carefully and lovingly creating us into these vessels to carry hope and to carry light and to carry a little bread into the streets maybe and to carry some presents forward for children who don't have presents. You see, the hanging of the greens is a service that has a merited response. We've, we've prepared the sanctuary, and those of you at home, I know that you had evergreens and candles and poinsettias, and you're preparing your homes as well. We, we're called to do that. We're called to prepare, as John did for Jesus, the coming of the Lord. But there's one place left to prepare, and that's our human heart. Right now, this manger lies empty, but each week there's going to be more and more around it until eventually Jesus is going to fill up the manger we have to ask ourselves is what kind of room do we need to make here in these human hearts of ours? To truly understand why God came down to earth in Bethlehem to a manger so long ago, we have some cultivation to do. Not only do we prepare our hearts, but the way that the world knows we're doing that is that we prepare our eyes. We prepare our eyes to see God and to see others and to see ourselves as, as God sees us. We prepare our ears to listen for the cries of those in our community who are being drowned out, their voices are being drowned out by traffic or by uh, hokey Christmas songs. We must prepare our hands to serve in such a way that exacts the justice and the righteousness foretold by every single prophet antecedent to Jesus Christ himself. We must prepare our minds to think critically about the challenges within the community and then have courage to roll up our sleeves and to be problem solvers and to get involved at all of the mangers that are in our zip codes and are in our city, that are in the river region, that are in our state. We have to prepare our feet to put on the shoes of the gospel of, of peace because Christmas, it can be anything but peaceful for many, many around us. And we have to prepare ourselves that Advent, Christmas Eve, it, this year it will be different. We've already seen that to some extent today. It will be different. But we are going to work so hard to hang on to these traditions like hanging of the greens, like the candle that we're hold up on Christmas Eve. We're going to do that, rain or shine. Be ready. Because this year of all years, we're going to stand out there and we're going to hold up our candle. We're going to shake our fist and say, the world is not as it should be right now. Tear open the heavens, Lord, and come and make it right. We are being molded into vessels to carry that kind of hope. I want to challenge you this Advent to pray a common prayer 
with me and together each and every week, each and every day that you wake up. It's very simple. Let's simply pray, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and change my heart today.